Amen. Let us pray together. Speak, O Lord. Speak. How loving and gracious is it for you to speak to us. It's amazing. It's you, Lord, who who spoke into the nothingness and the heavens and the earth were created. Father, we ask that that power, the power of God, would, would speak this morning into the nothingness of our hearts, into the nothingness of our lives that are still empty and still broken and still void. That, that God, you would speak in a way that you would build your church today. That you would speak in a way that you would fill your earth with your glory today. That God, that you would do that which only you could do. That you would speak through a broken vessel like me. Speak in a way that we can see Jesus clearly Speak in a way that we can understand the way you love us and what you're calling us to do. Speak with such love and such authority that that our lives are shaped and changed. That even while you speak, we're being shaped to be more like Jesus. Speak, Lord, speak. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Please tell me your Bibles today as we uh, land this plane of this series that God is our King. We're going to look at three passages today as God is calling us. Listen, this good news is God is calling us to live on mission for him. And I know what you're thinking. You hear things like God wants us to live on mission for him and immediately start thinking, wow, am I qualified? Wow, am I good enough? Wow, do I want it? And I have such good news is that the God who loves us is the God who qualifies us. The God who loves us wants to use our lives. Listen, he wants to use our lives to bring his good news to this world. The God who loves us has called us to carry his love into our souls, into our homes, into our neighbors, to this world. And as we do, We find life as we do. We find meaning. We're going to look at three passages today that God is commanding us to live on mission for him, to live for him. We're going to look at what's called the Great Commission out of the end of Matthew 28. So if you want to turn to Matthew 28, but we're also going to turn to Acts chapter 1 and look at one verse there that Jesus promises to empower us to live for him. And then we're going to look to 2 Corinthians and Paul being inspired by the Holy Spirit, telling us um, how we are to actually live on mission for Him. But as we begin, I want to remind you, each one of you, you got to listen to this. I'm going to talk about being on mission for Christ. And some of you right now are going to say, that's not for me. I could tune out. I'm too broken. I'm too empty. I'm too messed up. I, I, I can't, I'm too weary. This is a message that Jeff's preaching, but it's not for me. Let me tell you, if you love Jesus, even if he's just starting to love him today, if you're his, this is for you. And it's loving and it's good. 
Because I have good news as we begin. Christ Jesus has qualified you, even you, to serve and know and love Him. Christ Jesus has empowered you with His Holy Spirit. And Christ Jesus is commanding us. And here's what He commands us. To, to bring the message of the kingdom into the world. To bring the message that Jesus has come for sinners like us. But there's more than just commanded us to bring the message. You ready for this? God has qualified you, gifted you, commanded you to bring the blessings of the kingdom into your world. To bring God's presence. To bring God's reality. To bring God's blessings wherever you go. What an amazing challenge. What an amazing thrill that God is going to use us to bring good news to the world. So let's look at uh, Matthew 28, at the end of this gospel, this great commission, and hear what Jesus has for us today. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came and he told his disciples, and this morning he's telling us. And he says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Kind of interesting, isn't it, that God in flesh will say that I've been given all authority? Didn't he already have it? We're going to find out what that means here in just a minute. Jesus says, I've given all this authority in heaven and earth, so therefore go and, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I love this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's turn to Acts as the gospel story uh, has concluded in Jesus' resurrection and the church is being built. And the disciples are saying, is it time? Is the kingdom coming? Is it time for the restoration of all things? In Acts 1.8, Jesus tells his disciples and he tells you and he tells me. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we'll see what that means for us. Then 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 21. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, anyone by God's grace who has come to Jesus by faith and embraced him as Savior, has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. All this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ uh, and we, when we plead, come back to God, be reconciled to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for your sin and mine so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Let's pray. Father, powerfully come and unpack the truth of what this means for us. Love us deeply today so we could carry your love to the world. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. 
Have you ever noticed that many of life's most fun adventures or many of life's adventures are for those who are well qualified? Have you ever noticed that a lot of those things in life that maybe you want to enjoy or do, even from a child on the way, all the way up, is for those who are qualified to enjoy them? Do you remember being a young kid and maybe going to an amusement park and and wanting to go on that ride? You're so looking forward to that big, amazing ride. And they got some goofy clown looking thing with its arm out like this saying, you got to be this tall. Can't go on it unless you can measure on up. You know, I remember as a kid going to Busch Gardens and wanting to go on that roller coaster that does two loop-de-loops. I think one of the first ones called the Python. It's the goofiest ride ever. But I mean, at the time, it was amazing. And I remember, like, ah, I, I couldn't measure up. I had to stand there with mom, you know, and, and miss it. Somehow, I couldn't get there. What about some of those other signs? You've been on a ride that says, are you healthy enough to ride this? And by the time you get on there, you're like, oh, my goodness, am I healthy enough to ride this? I mean, I think my back hurts. My heart's palpitating. What in the world's going on? Am I qualified to ride this thing? And then there was a trip several years ago that we took out west as a family. And if you go out west with your family, everybody's got to go horseback riding. Is it not true? I mean, everybody wants to be a cowboy. Everybody wants to get on a horse and and go through the mountains and just feel like you lived in another time. I got the brochure. There was a weight limit. Everybody qualified but one, you know? And, and I'm thinking, I'm calling them up and saying, hey, you know, I, I got my family out here and we're, you know, I'm just trying to like milk it like crazy. I'm a pastor and, you know, I'm a light 280. I really am a light, very, very light. And uh, is there a horse for me? They brought Big Dan out. Man, I was excited, man. Big Dan, which is awesome. I was qualified. I could go. I hope Big Dan's still alive. <laughs> Listen, there's good news, my brothers and sisters. Listen, you got to hear the good news. Listen, God's mission is for all who are his. There's no height limit. There's no weight limit. Listen, God's mission, there's no experience requirements. God, the God who made you uniquely, the God who loves you enough to make you in his own image and make you just you. This God and this God alone is qualifying you for a mission just crafted for you to live for his glory. Did you hear that? The God who loves you is the God who qualifies you. And there's not one of you in here that is his, that is not qualified to live on mission for him. But you know we have an enemy who doesn't want you to believe it. We gotta start here. You know we have an enemy who wants to whisper in your ear lies. He's whispering in mine. He he does it all the time. And here's, here's the lies that Satan wants to say to you about living on mission for Jesus. You're not really qualified to live in mission for Jesus. 
You're not really qualified. There's something you've done that's really dark that's disqualified you. There's something in your life that really has just DQ'd you and, and you're not qualified. You're not good enough. You're not talented enough. You're not gifted enough. You don't have what it takes to live on mission for God. That's a lie from the pit of hell that's whispered into your ears. Jesus qualifies you. Jesus calls you. Jesus empowers you. And yet Satan wants to say, you're not qualified or you're not called. That your life really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter when Jesus says, go into all the world and preach good news that your little world Eh, he wasn't thinking about that. Your little dining room table, your little family, that you're not called. Leave it to the professionals. Live on mission or for those church people or for those ordained guys. Listen, if you know Jesus, even if today's the first day, you are called. Maybe you say you're not ready. You know what? I'm just not ready to participate in anything else right now. I'm just, I'm just not ready. I just don't know enough. And, and, and maybe if, if Jesus sends me out there to, to tell others good news, if Jesus sends me out, I'm going to mess it up. I'm just not ready. I got to sit here a little bit longer. I got to listen a little bit more. I, I got to get more training. I'm just not ready. I can't go out there. It's a lie. He wants to send you out right now. And ready? Here, here's the one I think he's really using the most for all of us. You're just not healthy enough. You're just not, you know, let me tell you, emotionally, you're just not healthy enough. He wants to lie to you and say, you know, right, right now it's not a good time. Uh, relationally, it's just not really a good time. Or he might say, hey, financially or economically or, or something is, is just so wrong in your life that really the message for you today is this, that just come and sit and soak and don't go on mission because I, I'm not healthy enough to do it. But here's the good news of Jesus Christ. You ready for this? He uses the broken. He, he uses the bruised. He uses the battered to go and to tell the good news in their own lives. And here's the amazing thing about the gospel. Is as we go, as we go and live on mission to tell his story, to carry his blessings to others. You ready for this? He heals us. He loves us. He fixes us. But the enemy wants to say to you right now, don't listen to him. This is not fair. You came here to receive. You came here to just get something that's really, really broken deep inside. God will touch you there. God will love you in the midst of your brokenness. But I want you to know, Satan wants to lie to you and say, you're not ready. And if you're his, he's calling you now. Living on mission for King Jesus. You want to follow along your bulletin, you have it. Jesus says something with his great commission. It's kind of interesting. He says, all authority has been given to him. What in the world does that mean? Isn't he God in the flesh? But Jesus says, all authority has been given to him. Because why? Because it's in Jesus that all of God's blessings have been secured. What it's saying is basically this, is that Jesus and Jesus is alone is the source of God's authority. God's authority and blessings are mediated. They come through Jesus and his work for us. You see, you read the Bible, and the Bible is an incomplete story of the Old Testament. The incomplete story of the Old Testament and unfulfilled promises. You read it and you say, oh God, where are you? And, And where will these promises be fulfilled? There's promises of a prophet who will come that's better than Moses. And Moses was an amazing prophet because in the Old Testament of all the prophets, Moses spoke face to face with God. Can you imagine? 
There's a prophet who came who was better because he was Jesus. And he spoke as God. Amazingly, in the Old Testament, there was a priest that was supposed to come that's going to be better than Aaron. Aaron, a high priest. And man, did they slaughter a lot of animals. And man, did they have a ton of sacrifice. Why? All because we're so sinful. And they did it over and over and over again. Why? Because you know what? It didn't work. And there's this longing for a priest to come, the priest to come that will be uh, uh, able to offer a sacrifice that really will take away your sin, your darkest sin, your worst sin, the sin you don't even want to think about. And the priest's name is Jesus. And not only is he a priest, he's also the sacrifice. And you want to know the power of God's blood? The power of God's blood is to take the foulest, the most broken, and make us whiter than snow. It's Jesus. Not only was there a prophet and a priest to come, there's a king to come. King that was better than David. And man, David was great. I mean, David was a warrior. He defeated giants. I mean, David was great. He was a a musician. David was amazing what he could do. But David was an adulterer and a murderer. And the king that would come was named Jesus, and he would conquer your enemies and my enemies. Listen, the Old Testament's fulfillment is found in Jesus. All of creation's fulfillment is found in Jesus. The whole story of history is found in Jesus. Why is all authority been given to Jesus? Because he's the point of creation. He's the point of the Bible. And here's the reality. He needs to be the point of our lives. The only way our life has meaning, the way, only way our life has joy is if Jesus is the king of our lives and we now live on mission for him. So it's Jesus who has all this authority, all the authority of God. Now he says to us, crazy, all the authority has been given to me, so now I'm going to commission you. All authority, God, listen, all of God's authority. I mean, this means that When we go, we go with the king's approval. We go with the king's seal. I mean, all the authority that God has in Christ Jesus, he now commands us to go. To go on mission in his name. And here's the two things he wants us to do. Carry his message. Can you do that? Can you be a broken sinner who loves Jesus and tell good news? Not only carry his message, right? Carry his blessings. Carry his blessings into a world that desperately needs to be blessed. That's the good news that God has called us to go and tell that the kingdom has come. But you know where he wants us to take it? Orange, you've got to lean into this. Into your world. Into your world. Into your world. We hear the Great Commission. We hear Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. And it always seems so out there. God is saying, I want to so radically love you and so radically work in your life. I want to go into your world, around your table, in your discussions, into your boardrooms, into your meetings, into your marriage. Take the good news of the kingdom into your world. How, do you, how does Jesus say what we're to do on mission? Three things. You can see, making disciples of Christ in your nation. How do you make disciples? Well, you teach them to, deserve, uh, to uh, observe all that I have commanded you, is what Jesus says. What's the best way to teach? It's to show someone how to do it. It's to show someone how to live. 
What's the best way to teach? When Jesus says make disciples, he says teach. How do you do it? Listen, by imitating Jesus. By imitating Jesus, by being obedient to all that he has commanded, by being imitators of Christ as dearly loved children. My brothers and sisters of Christ, what Jesus Christ is asking you to do is to live a life that looks like his. It's to imitate him in all that you do. But you know what? He says, obey all that I've commanded. But I think that most of us think that they're just a list of suggestions. That Jesus is, is calling us to live our lives in a certain way, or suggestions. And, and they, they'd be probably good if we do them, but we cherry pick them. Do we not cherry pick God's commands? Do you know how many phone calls pastors get from decisions that we make that are outside of God's will of our lives and our lives are, are broken and undone and our, our lives have, have, have the sting of them from bad decisions? But I think over and over and over again, we, we aren't imitating him. We're not, we, we don't bow to Jesus as king. We, we feel like what he's asking us to do are just merely suggestions. They're not. Be imitators of God as dearly loved children. They're not just recommendations. I love what he says. He says, all authority has been given to me. I want you to go teach. And I want you to go teach by imitating me. But I want you to know this. I'm always with you. God is with us, even to the end of the age. You know that feeling when you finally made it over the size of the scary clown's arm and you can go on the ride and you're all excited you can actually now participate in one of life's joys you know deep down I always wanted someone to go even better hey Ma you want to go on that ride with me all right I'm a mama's boy I can't help it but God says I want you to go and I want you to carry my message and I want you to carry my blessings and I'm the one who qualified you and listen I'm going to go with you you're not going to be alone I'll always be with you God wants us to carry the blessings into our worlds, our lives, our houses, our dining room tables by imitating Christ. Secondly, witnessing for Christ in your location. It says Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You know what that's saying? It says wherever you are in your location, I want you to be my witness. And that witness word is so beautiful. It's where we get the word martyr. I want you to be my witnesses. I want you to uh, uh, tell what has happened to you, the good news of what has happened to you in your life. It's a legal word. The witness is a legal standing. I want you to declare the reality. Listen, lean into this. Don't miss this. God is saying this to us. This is all he is saying to us. I want you to be my witness, to declare the reality that you can stand in my presence, in Christ Jesus, and you have forever been declared not guilty that I want you to stand and live in this world with the reality that Jesus' life and his blood was sufficient for your darkest sins. I want you to stand in this world and live your life robed in Christ's righteousness, righteousness, knowing that right now a holy God loves you. A holy God accepts you that for today and forever, you and I in Christ Jesus have been declared not guilty and we are free. I want you to be my witnesses. I want you to live your lives and I know you're broken and I know you're still sinful and I know you stumble and fall. But legally, legally in Christ, you're free and testify to a dying world. 
that you've been set free. Be my witnesses. And listen, here's the beautiful thing. You ready for this? God doesn't even say this, bow up and go out there and be his witness. He says, I'm going to empower you. Not only will I be with you, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead to go out there and to stay in here and live in that reality. Empowered by God to proclaim the good news in your life of what Christ has done for you. Empowered to say, God loves sinners. Look, God uses the broken look. God is redeeming this world. Look, God empowers us to tell his story, to be witnesses and to carry his kingdom blessings where we go. Thirdly, God is working to, he's worked through Christ to reconcile your world through Christ Jesus. That's what we get from 2 Corinthians amazing. Paul says basically this, I implore you, I'm going to implore you on God's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God in Christ Jesus. Why is he imploring you right now? Why is God right now imploring you to be reconciled with God? Well, here it is. Did you hear, did you hear what we read? That, that God in Christ Jesus reconciled the world to himself. Listen, God in Christ Jesus, because God, Jesus is the point of creation. He's the hope of recreation. God in Christ Jesus, holy God, reconciles whole world that was fallen to himself through Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection. It's amazing good news, isn't it? This messed up, screwed up, fallen world has been reconciled, is being reconciled through one man, one God named Jesus. That's good news. But then Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, tells us something crazy. <laughs> Listen to this. He's, I don't know what he was thinking. But God says, I'm now giving you the ministry of reconciliation. I'm now giving you the, world, the word of reconciliation. Church, this is what this means. God in Christ reconciles the world. And now he says, my plan always was, always will be, God in Christ in you reconciling the world. God in Christ in you bringing reconciliation to your world, to your world, to your life, to your home, to your workspace. God in Christ. What does this mean? It means that we, as his children, are to bring the gospel light of Christ into the dark places of our world. Where is it dark in your world? Where, 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 where is the absence of the light of Christ? God has given you this great joy. Just carry the light of Christ with you. Just go. I'm going to shine through you. What is it saying that God is saying, bring the gospel beauty into what is broken in your world, into what is empty in your world. Bring the gospel order into the chaos of your world. It's just not for out there. It's for in here. I don't know. He, he, he wants to use broken vessels like us to tell amazing good news. He wants to bring his light, his love, his beauty, his order into our worlds around us. You know, 
I don't know, but God, for some reason, it pleases him. It brings him great, great glory that you and I are to bring the kingdom blessings into our world. The blessings that Jesus really lives and that Jesus really loves and that Jesus really forgives and that there's hope. He wants us to carry that. He empowers us to do so. You know where I think it starts? I think it starts with our own souls. It's often been said that we need to preach the gospel to ourselves. Because I think it's our own souls that sometimes we find the darkest places, isn't it? It's our own souls that we find the most chaos. It's our own souls that we find our most void and emptiness sometimes. And I think daily we got to get up and remind ourselves, but in Christ Jesus, God reconciled the world, and that includes me. But in Christ Jesus, I am loved and I am forgiven. In Christ Jesus, the light shines on me right now. In Christ Jesus, I am beloved. Bring it to your souls, my brothers and sisters. Bring it to your homes. Bring it to your lives. Because why? Because God wants you to carry it everywhere you go. God in Christ Jesus reconciled your world to him. That's such good news. Listen, the enemy wants you to think that you're not ready for the mission of Jesus. The enemy wants you to think that you're not good enough. You're not spiritual enough. You're not gifted enough. You're not experienced enough. Somehow you're going to go out there and mess it up. It's not true. My brothers and sisters, our job is to report news. Our job is to report news through our current situation. Did you hear that? Our job is to report news through our current situation. I'm broken. I'm a mess. I'm still struggling. But I have good news. Jesus really has come. I have good news. God isn't angry with us. I have news, not about what I'm to do, not about what you're to do, not about what the church is to do. I have news about what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. And he just says, I just want you to go tell good news. I just, right where you are, right in the midst of it. I want you to tell yourself in the world good news. I think many of us say, I got to focus on getting better before we go. I just got to focus on me. Some of your stories, man, they're, they're hard. But Jesus doesn't want you to focus on you. Because that's going to lead to despair. He loves you. He really loves you. Listen, you're not the problem. You are the problem, but you're focusing on the, you. You've got to focus on him. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the one who loves you. Focus on the one who has secured a place for you. Focus on the one who is with you, who empowers you. Focus on the one who will never let you go. Focus on the one that you will become like someday when you see him face to face. Focus on him. You have an amazing story to tell right now, right now, in the midst of the tears, in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of the trials. You have an amazing story to tell because here's what you're telling To a broken world, I'm broken, but I'm loved. I'm broken, but I'm on mission. I'm broken, but God is using me. I don't know why he chooses to do that, but that's his message. Is that not incredible? But it's good news. I'm gonna use broken jars of clay to tell good news. And here's all I'm gonna ask you to do. Just carry my love. All I'm gonna ask you to do is just carry good news. 
I'm the one who empowers you. I'll always be with you. Can you do it? And the enemy saying, no, no, you're not healthy enough. You're just not. You got too many issues. You might go out there and really mess it up. You know what they need? People with too many issues in love with Jesus. <laughs> People with too many issues that, 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 that say, but I, I, I've been set free and I'm loved. And listen, I want to get better. I may stink, but I'm getting better. No, Satan wants to say somehow your world doesn't matter to God's world. You know what? He wants to lie to you right now that somehow when Jesus says, I'm going to send you to all the world, that your little world doesn't matter. It does. Start with those closest to you. Start in your family. Start carrying the love and the message to them. Why is it the hardest in our family sometimes? Why is it the hardest with those that are related to us and those that are married to us and those that are, that are right there? Start there. Carry the message, the news to those. I love the fact that the triune God is the one who's made it all possible. He says, listen, he is with us. He is the one who empowers us. Christ is the one who reconciles us. It's all about him. So what does that mean? Well, another means this, is that you are qualified in Jesus. You are right now. You are empowered through the Holy Spirit right now. And you're to just bring good news. Just bring good news that there's a king who loves and a king who saves to those around you. God wants you to carry kingdom blessings. Can you do it? I told a story to end in the early church. I got really nervous telling it, and I told them that it was only going to be an early church story. I told them not to say anything, not to tell you guys coming in, and you'll find out why here in a minute. And many of them said, no, you got you to share that story. And I paused because it's a personal story. And I paused because it includes my extended family. But God made it possible for me to tell this story because I forgot my mom and dad, who I'm about ready to tell the story about, aren't here today. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah. So now, listen, no one can tell them about this. I'm going to honor my mom and dad. I love them, but I'm going to tell you a story. And they'll probably listen online, and I'll have to do some backpedaling. You know, my mom and dad drive every week from Lakeland to come worship with us, and I just love them for it. And my mom and dad have lost the ability to see their son rightly. I'm their pastor's son. They've forgotten all the things I've messed up with. I mean, they've just forgotten. It's come gone. I mean, they got me on a platform. It's just not realistic. And we live in different generations, and, and I love the fact that my mom and dad love Jesus, and my dad and I aren't a lot alike. I want to be more like him in so many ways. And he struggles because he tells me all the time, just don't change. But there's a lot of things you can imagine that dad kind of worries about his son, you know? He can't figure out why I wear denim sometimes to preach. He called me and we talked last week. And I could tell that he was going to ask me about my sermon. He's like, oh, you know, hey, can I, can I talk to you about something you said last week? And I knew it was coming because I told you last week that you had to go love the hell out of the world. You remember? 
I told you last week, you got to love the hell out of the world. So I'm thinking, oh gosh, here comes my dad. He's going to say, what are you doing using that kind of language? I know the metaphor, and it wasn't that at all. He said, Jeffrey, you referred to yourself as a sin-soaked pastor. I don't know if you should say that. Because people might start thinking, what is this guy into? And when you think of sin-soaked pastors, you think of guys like Jimmy Swagger. I said, Dad, at the end of his life, Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners. He said, well, did he say he was or he is? I said, he is. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more dirt you see. And the more you love him, the more you realize, man, I'm a mess. And I love him, and I've never been better. But God wants to use the sin-soaked people of this world to carry good news to a sin-soaked world that God loves us and God rescues us and God uses us to bring good news and to bring the blessings of the kingdom with us. And you know what? We're going to leak all over the place. And I don't know why he uses broken vessels to do kingdom work, but that's our king. And you're qualified. And you're called. And you're empowered. And you're loved. Don't you think you got to go out there and pretend? And don't you think that your story isn't compelling because you're a broken sinner? That's what makes the story compelling. Go and obey him. Imitate him. That's where life is. But live on mission for him. Carry goodness. Carry goodness. And you'll find life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that for a reason that we will never understand, a holy God loves sin-soaked people enough to send his son to die. And the reality of that cross is that Jesus became sin-soaked. And not just somebody else's sin, but ours. And he became sin-soaked so that we could become reconciled. So that we could become clean and holy and beautiful in your sight. I think it's crazy, and I really question your marketing ability at times, that your message is that you want to use us to carry your love and your blessings in the midst of our own worlds and our own brokenness, even now. Father, I pray that we will not be a church that waits to get healthy because we'll never go. We'll never be a church that waits to be qualified because we already are in Christ Jesus. 
that God, you would give us the joy, the joy and the blessing that you're commanding us to do, to go and carry your love to a broken world. Carry your love to our broken homes. Carry your love to our broken souls so we could live on mission for you. There's no other way to live. I thank you for the grace of that. In Christ's name, amen.